Journey into comics. Poor entertainment. Poor news. Foodies watching movies. Adulting 80s. Podcast read the voice of survival. Kids for sale. Gallif Radio. Bruise with dudes. Journey into wrestling. Journey into comics network. Journeyintocomics.com. Following the following journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. What's up, ladies and gentlemen? It's the Podfather Nate here. You are listening to the Journey into Comics Network Best of the Week Highlight Show. This has got highlights from all shows across the network this week. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey Into Comics. This is a list of every Marvel movie ranked from awful to amazing. Okay? I'm going to quickly go down the list. There are 50 at this time movies that had come out that are on this list. They are all at this juncture live action. That's one thing to note. Uh, I have seen a majority of these, and I'm going to mention the ones I have seen. I'm going to also tell you about the ones I haven't seen and, and and discuss why I haven't seen them. So let's get right into it. The worst movie on the list, coming in at number 50, Fantastic Four, the 2015 reboot starring Miles Teller, Michael B. Jordan. It was a shit show. It was not good. It was a poorly designed movie with very little, uh, I, I, I call it like a shoestring plot. Because it was just very thinly veiled together and, and held together by shoestrings. So when you know, you're know you in your third act and then all of a sudden they're the Fantastic Four, it just kind of felt forced and contrived and for another day. Uh, coming in at number 49, Punisher Warzone. I actually never saw this movie. I have nothing to say about it. Another movie I did not see. Coming in at number 48, Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance. The Nicolas Cage sequel. Yeah, I did not see it. Number 47 on the list, I'm going to disagree with wholeheartedly. I have a lot to say about this movie. Coming in, according to the, the comicbook.com list, at 47, The Punisher, Thomas Jane's Punisher. I thought this movie was awesome. It did a great job of being a Punisher movie. It did a great job of Thomas Jane portraying the Punisher. I thought that the story was clever. Uh, maybe some of the acting was weak. Shout out and rest in peace to John Panette, who was a uh, character in the movie, one of the neighbors that lived in the apartment, the fat guy that sang the opera song while he was cooking spaghetti. Uh, see, and this is what upsets me about this list, is coming at number 47 is The Punisher, but number 46 is Electra. Electra was a steaming pile of horseshit. Put that at number 47. Put Punisher at least 46. Uh, coming in right below this, now there's a several-way tie for what would end up, it actually turns out being 44th spot instead of your 45th spot because there's a, a three-way tie here, I think. So 44 is Ghost Rider, which, okay, Nicolas Cage's Ghost Rider. I didn't hate that movie. I like it. I owned it on Blu-ray. It was one of the first Blu-rays I owned. Um... Not bad. Not something you should hate on. I, I genuinely dug Nick Cage as uh, Johnny plays. Also in this tie, right here at number 44, you heard it here, folks. Maybe you're going to disagree with me. Maybe you're going to argue. Maybe you're going to go feck yourself, Kyle, because Venom is number 44. 
uh, CNET saying that Tom Hardy led film is the dumbest movie ever. I can agree with you. Number 43, Blade Trinity. Now, I liked Blade Trinity. I thought it was pretty good. Ryan Reynolds in a superhero role pre his Deadpool era. Um, Wesley Snipes being Blade. Triple H makes an appearance in this movie. I mean, it was crazy. I had everything. I thought it was all right. I didn't hate this movie. Blade Trinity at 43. Number 41 coming in with a tie, tying with uh, another movie coming below, is X-Men Origins Wolverine, as well as the 2005 Fantastic Four featuring Chris Evans and uh, Jessica Alba. Uh, Coming in at number 40 is the Ben Affleck-led Daredevil movie from 2003. Not a very good movie. 40 doesn't make bad. We're a fifth of the way through our list here. As we come into a th- another tie, spot 38, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer, tied with Blade and Blade 2, essentially. Or no, no, tied with Blade in, at spot 38. And then at spot 36 is Blade 2, tied with X-Men, Apocalypse. Um, I've seen all those movies. I've seen The Rise of the Silver Surfer, Daredevil, Fantastic Four, X-Men Origins, Wolverine, all these movies. So far, I've only not seen... Essentially, uh, just Warzone and Spirit of Vengeance. Maybe I did see Spirit of Vengeance. I just cannot remember. Coming in at number 35 is The Amazing Spider-Man 2. A lot further back on the list than I expected this movie, mainly because it just did such a beautiful job of sticking so true to that uh, source material of The Amazing Spider-Man doing the death of Gwen Stacy, nothing but beautiful justice, and hitting the marks there. Uh, Tying... Uh, up next is Thor the Dark World tied with Ang Lee's Hulk. I think that was 2001 or 2002. Uh, now also in a tie-in spot, 31 is Thor and Iron Man 2. Both have a Metacritic score of 57. Uh, the first outing for Chris Hemsworth as Thor. The second outing for Downey Jr. as Iron Man. Uh, we've got X-Men The Last Stand. In spot 30, as we are two-thirds of the way through the list here, The Last Stand was probably one of the worst X-Men movies, honestly, and uh, did a shit job of, again, staying true to the source material. Spider-Man 3 comes in at number 29. Spider-Man 3 was the first attempt at Venom in a movie, and it was piss poorly done, Um, but that's neither here nor there. Tied at number 27, both The Wolverine and The Incredible Hulk. Uh, Edward Norton, his one and done with the Marvel Universe. Not a bad movie. I quite enjoy The Incredible Hulk movie. Both have a a meta score of 61. Iron Man 3 coming in at number 26 on our list with just one point higher meta score of 62. Uh, Coming in at number 24 is X-Men tied with Ant-Man, which I love that. Ant-Man and X-Men, kind of right up there. Two totally different kind of things, both kind of reinventing the wheel. X-Men being one of the uh, path layers for modern comic book movies and doing it right and closer to the source material. Uh, At number 22, we've got a tie here. X-Men First Class tied with Deadpool, which is shocking. First Class and Deadpool in the same breath. I don't I don't know if I could say that. I feel like I maybe want to take a crack at making my own version of this list, like taking what they've said, 
considering some of that and then making some fudges because there's some things I don't necessarily agree with. But that, I mean, and they're they're going purely off Metacritic score, which is a fair way to do it, not a personal way to do it. I guess is a better way to look at that. So Deadpool and X Men First Class based on Metacritic score, same sixty five. Um, behind number nineteen, The Amazing Spider Man tied with Avengers: Age of Ultron. Uh, with a Metacritic score of 66. But they're also tied with Captain America, the first Avenger as well. All three of those movies tied for your 19th spot. The Amazing Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield's first outing, Avengers, Age of Ultron, and Captain America, the first Avenger. Up next, slot 18, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Love that movie. We're going to be talking about James Gunn a little bit later on in the show today. Make sure to stick around for that. X2, X-Men United at 15, tied with Deadpool 2. X2, Deadpool 2, both Metacritic score of 68. At 15 and a tie, which is, I can't believe I have to say this, Infinity War tied with Deadpool as well as X-Men, X2 United, which I think think that Infinity War is the better of those three easily, but that's my biased opinion. Coming in at 14 is the first Avengers. All three Avengers movies off the board were not even in the top 10. Just want to keep that in mind. Avengers in at 14. Metacritic score 69. Ant-Man and the Wasp tied at number 12 with Captain America, the Winter Soldier. Both Metacritic score of 70. Coming in at number 11, right before the top 10, we round out with Doctor Strange. Metacritic score of 72. And here we go, folks. We are in the quote-unquote top 10. And we're already in a tie at number 9, 10. 9 is Spider-Man, the Tobey Maguire-led Spider-Man, tied with Spider-Man Homecoming. What? They both have a Metacritic score of 73, meaning they are on par in score, uh, but maybe not on par with movie quality because I personally like Tom Holland just a little bit more than Tobey Maguire. I think he does a better role of being Peter Parker, at least how I've always read him and uh, loved him in that source material. Uh, coming in at your your eight, seven spots, which are tied for number seven, X-Men Days of Future Past and Thor Ragnarok. Awesome. Both have a Metacritic score of 74. Train of Our Existence showing up at late at night here on the podcast. Coming in at number six, Captain America Civil War, right outside of the top five. Here we are, the final five Marvel movies of all time. You guys can probably narrow them down because we haven't said them yet. So the top five Marvel movies of all time are on this list. Five is Guardians of the Galaxy with a Metacritic score of 76. Uh, Obviously, James Gunn's first outing with our ragtag team did nothing but blow people's minds and set the bar even even higher for the MCU. Don't know why I had a hard time saying higher, horror, higher, horror. Coming in at number four. With a Metacritic score of 77, it's Logan, a dreary Logan film. Great movie. Sad as fuck, but great movie. Uh, Coming in at number three, the thing that kicks the MCU off at the very, very, very jump, Iron Man with a Metacritic score of 79. Robert Downey Jr. getting mad praise. Final two here. And let me tell you what, the final two are shocking. We got something from the past. We got something from the present. Coming in at number two with a Metacritic score of 83. Love, Death, Hope, and Hatred. These words describe our number two on the list because that is Spider-Man 2. Taking the number two slot, 
the Alfred Molina-led Doc Ock versus Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man. Kristen Dunst obviously returning her role as MJ in that flick. Amazing movie. It makes me actually think that maybe I'm going to watch that after this podcast if I've got a little bit of extra juice. We'll see. We'll see how I feel. Uh, And coming in at number one, the top Marvel movie according to the Metacritic score, a Metacritic score of 88. Wakanda Forever, baby. Black Panther taking the top of this list as the best Marvel movie of all time according to the MCU Metacritic scores. All 50 movies laid out there for you folks. Hopefully you enjoyed me going down that list. It was tedious. Lots to cover there. You know, it's it's funny because bias speaking, man, there are some movies that were way up there like uh, honestly, the fact that the last stand was as far up as it was like i think the punisher with thomas jane's a better movie by far than x3 sorry i'm just gonna keep it real same with the wolverine wolverine x-men origins like those you know man i don't know man i don't know man it's an interesting list to talk about interesting lists and things that get snubbed and things that are going crazy how about this folks we just, and this is going to be something that gets again covered, we're, we had we had predictions we did uh, leading into this week's Foodies Watching Movies. Next episode, we will be reviewing the Golden Globes and everything that happened, so this is a little bit of that, but uh, it's happened, folks. Black Panther was nominated for three awards at this year's Golden Globes, however, didn't win. Didn't win any awards. It did not take anything home. Best picture or best motion picture drama went to Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, that just really, really is disheartening. Because Black Panther kind of heralded a change again. Uh, a very bold statement by Marvel saying, we can do anything we want how we know we can do it and we can execute it flawlessly because we trust ourselves. That's why Black Panther's so good. I don't and I don't care if Eric Cartman hates it. I think Black Panther is amazing. All right, folks. Well, so while Black Panther got the snub at the Golden Globes, another Marvel movie did not get a snub and actually it got the best nod it could have gotten. As Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse has shocked some people winning the best motion picture animated at the Golden Globes. Uh, we're in an alternate universe where we win this. The producer joked, which was Phil Lord, accepting the award. He said, thank you to the people who voted for recognizing us, uh, recognizing such an unusual movie. This is a ridiculous. Look at all these people. Collaboration amongst many filmmakers, starting with our directors, Bob Proschetti, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Rothman. So, pretty awesome because Incredibles 2 is actually the odds-on favorite to take the trophy and did not win, which is shocking. Usually, when a Disney Animation Studios film gets nominated, it wins with Pixar. And only two years this has happened. Uh, The Adventure of 1010 in 2012... And How to Train Your Dragon in 2015. So now, it's happened three times. Because Into the Spider-Verse shocks and stuns 
taking the Golden Globe. That is bitchin' in the kitchen. We interrupt the Journey into Comics Network feed for this late-breaking edition of Poor News, featuring Andrew Poor. With the shutdown, things get a little off the rails. I know I've covered it on the entertainment part of it, but this is about the only news I can talk about that's not shutdown-related. And that is everyone's favorite pastime, and that is football. Yes, I'm talking about the American football, not the football for the European or the outside the U.S. set, which is basically soccer, football, as it will. But big thing that I saw, which was on Sunday, which was the Bears-Eagles game. I'm not the biggest football fan. I've gotten increasingly so in the past couple years and started getting into fantasy football and all of that. So my interest has kind of picked up there, but it's still kind of a new experience for me. And I know if anyone was a Bears or an Eagles fan, Sunday's game was a bit interesting to say the least. Obviously, I'm going to say this and you can take it with two cents. Obviously, if the victory, your victory in a playoff game comes down to your kicker, you have not been playing a game worthy of the playoffs. So don't blame the kicker. Blame the offense. They really should have stepped their game up and not relied on their kicker, who's had a so-so career so far, to clinch the victory. Because that's just too much pressure for one person who gets you a couple points. Definitely should have gotten a touchdown there. I, But like I said, the big thing was involving the Chicago Bears quarterback... Or not quarterback, right? And he, he has some stuff to answer. But this is involving the Bears kicker, and that is Cody Parkey. And he has... This is an article from ESPN, and really it's uh, Bears uh, kicker Cody Barkey has no answer for a missed field goal loss. So kicker Cody Barkey expressed his belief that his potentially game-winning 43-yard field goal in the Chicago Bears playoff loss to the Philadelphia Eagles hit the left upright and bounced off the crossbar. You can't make this up, Parkey said. I feel terrible. I let the team down. That's on me. I have to own it. I have to be a man. Unfortunately, that's the way it went today. The man in which he missed the last second kick hit too close to home for Parkey, which endured criticism earlier in the year when he bounced four separate kicks off the uprights in a Week 10 victory over the Lions. The Bears are not so fortunate to escape with a win this time, failing, falling to Philadelphia 16-15. to I thought I hit a great ball and was trying to play the wind. There's really no answer to it. I didn't make it. I, I take the loss on me. The sun is going to shine tomorrow, but unfortunately, this one is going to sting for a while. Slow motion replay shows that Parkey's kick appears to be tipped at the line of scrimmage. Eagles defensive tackle Trayvon Hester told the Athletic that he got his hand on the ball. So really, you can't even blame him. If if it was a little bit higher, a little bit in a different position, the the Eagles defensive tackle wouldn't have been able to tip it at all and it wouldn't have hit the upright and the crossbar and not work for us. But Parkey did make his first three field goal attempts on Sunday. Um, the veteran kicker had a trying first season in Chicago. The Bears signed Parkey, formerly of the Eagles, Browns, and Dolphins, to a four-year deal in free agency that includes $9 million in guaranteed money. But Parkey ended up missing 11 total kicks on the year, eight field goals, three extra points. Parkey was named NFC Special Team Player of the Week the week after his dreadful game versus the Lions, and he converted 13 of his past 14 field goal attempts prior to Sunday's late miss. It's hard, Bears head coach Matt Nagy said. It's a difficult deal. I don't think you can write this story with how things went for him this year, how we rounded that's my dog in the background, gotta love recording from the office. And then for that to happen, it's tough. Chicago has been able to stabilize its kicker situation since the club released Robbie Gold. 
the franchise's all-time leading scorer prior to the 2016 season. Gold, who was 82 of, 82 of 85 in field goal attempts since leaving the Bears, attended Sunday's playoff loss as a fan. That's just awkward. Uh, yeah, it looks like they changed his... Um, in a more recent article, they did change his miss to a block. Um, like I said, Trevon Hester of the Eagles did tip it, which caused it to go the way it went. So, really can't blame Parky as much. It is unfortunate because they were just so close within seconds of getting it. But it is what it is with football. Sometimes all it takes is one slight miss to cause all this. Um, but speaking of the Philadelphia Eagles, this win scores the best NFL wildcard rating for NBC since 1994. Obviously, we're talking about the TV viewing. Um, looking until the final minutes, like it may go into overtime and delay the start of the Golden Globes, last night's NFL wild card playoff, or Sunday night as you listen to this, between the Philadelphia Eagles and the Colorado Bears was a solid winner for not just the current Super Bowl champions, but also the NFL and NBC. After a strong performance from Eagles quarterback Nick Foles, an often grinding game, and a failed potential game-winning 43-yard field goal in the final seconds from Bears kicker Cody Parker that bounced off both the upright and the crossbar. Visitors in the Windows claimed a 16-15 victory. Video puts more wind under the Eagles' wings for a possible Super Bowl return. It is a team that we also saw near Super Bowl numbers for the league and the Comcast-owned network on a weekend of football rating wins as the playoffs progress. Going into the first hour of Sunday's primetime and right up to the start of the Globes, the Eagles-Bears game drew a 22.9 out of 40 Metered mark result. It marks the best any show on any network of any type has done since Super Bowl 52 in February. In fact, the Eagles-Bears battle had the best wildcard overnight rating for NBC since Bill Clinton was president when the Denver Broncos took on the LA Raiders on January 9th, 1994. Well, very likely to change right now, the fast affiliates for the final hour of the game from 7 to 8 p.m. had the game snaring an 11.2 out of 40, rating among 18 to 49 overall. Viewership of the tense back and forth hour reached an amazing 37.7 million people watching to see which team would move on. With leading numbers like that and the fact that Andy Saber and Sandra O oh hosted Golden Globes is actually down from last year in metered market ratings, it's a huge blow for the award show. That is reinforced by the fact that the Eagles Bears game peaked with a massive 27.6 out of 43 in the 7.45 to 8 p.m. time slot right before the Globes went live from the Beverly Hilton. Facing next to no series competition, the expectation would be that the Globes would see a significant bounce from its programming predecessor or as two big teams from major markets faced off. Decline or, ev- or even staying flat in the case is a big loss for the Globes coming off the NFL results. Putting the results of the game in another uh, point of view in a season that has seen an uptick in NFL numbers, last evening's game was up 12% in metered market ratings from the comparable New Orleans States-Carolina Panthers game on Fox last year. We'll see final numbers for Sunday's game in the next day or two, but for now, check out... Touch on local market. So Philadelphia had 44.6 out of 66. Chicago, 43.1 out of 68. New Orleans, 34.5 out of 51. And so on and so forth. I don't know why my cat's attacking a window blind, but hey, what are you going to do? Um, one thing that I noticed as not a great, um, like an active participant in football watching or spectating as it will, is that this was actually, according to The Ringer, a referendum on modern coaching. All season, the story of the league has been play-calling ingenuity uh, that manifests itself in an, all four of this past weekend's playoff games, just not in the way we might have expected. The Nivos playoff field already serves as a useful way to identify which teams are the class of the league. This season, though, the wildcard weekend games whittled the group down even further by illustrating an important league-wide trend. 
From the moment the Colts began their 12-7 beatdown of the Texans and through Sunday's 16-15 nail-biter in Chicago, this past weekend's results were a testament to the importance of creative, adaptive coaching. As teams with solid game plans and willingness to implement new ideas thrived, those that obstinately stuck to their guns flailed. The 2010 season exposed the growing gap between the league's best schemers and the rest of the pack. And the first season, of, the first set of postseason games made that even more evident. Let's start with the Colts and the staff that arguably did the best job in football this season. Saturday's clash with the Texans was the third meeting between these teams since late September. And with two games worth of film to work with, head coach Frank Reich and defense coordinator Matt Eberflus had clear understanding of how this could most effectively attack Houston on both sides of the ball. On the Colts' first drive of the game, with Indy facing a second and 10 at the Houston 44-yard line, Andrew Luck found T.Y. Hilton deep down the middle for a 38-yard gain, one that set up a short Eric Ebron touchdown to put the Colts up 7 early. The Texans' reliance on cover 2 concept makes them vulnerable to speed in the middle of the field, and few receivers are better equipped to take advantage of that than Hilton. Even with a busted ankle, Luck was brilliant throughout the first half, and his performance was only accentuated by a game plan that consistently took advantage of Houston's lack of athleticism on the back end. Zone defense played a key role for Eberflus as well, well, in this case, the concept was used in it to his unit's advantage. Everfless is more content to have his group sit on a soft zone coverage than just about any other coordinator in the league. And it worked near perfection against Deshaun Watson. He had nothing available down the field, and it led to a slew of check downs and errant touch throws from a quarterback who carried the Texans for much of the season. DeAndre Hopkins finished with just five catches for 37 yards, which is a recipe for disaster for an offense without many other proven pass-catching threats. At every level, the Colts look like the team with an approach well-tailored to both their personnel and their opponent. The rest will lead them to Kansas City next weekend for the AFC Divisional Round. As great a job as the Colts did this week, and the performance from the Seahawks coach was equally bad. Throughout the regular season, Seattle's run-heavy offensive approach produced some strong returns. Pete Carroll's team was the only group in the league that ran the ball on more than 50% of its plays. 52.4% exactly. And that, plus some occasional downfield brilliance from Russell Wilson, allowed the Seahawks' conservative philosophy to work for much of the year, but lost in a 10-6 campaign was just how difficult Seattle's scheme made life for its quarterback. A huge portion of the Seahawks' passing production came solely because Wilson can turn into a sorcerer on deep, tight window throws. Against Dallas on Saturday night, we saw how quickly the approach can go awry. It's not a stretch to say that Brian's shot in Myers... Schottenheimer's play calling against the Cowboys is among the most madly stubborn displays in recent memory. Seattle's offensive approach throughout the game was fairly straightforward after one of the team's running backs had rushed for a minimal gain on the first down. Another man had been, another run had been stuffed on second down. Wilson would drop back to pass, facing a third and long to do his best to fit a throw into a keyhole down the sideline. Every so often he dropped a gorgeous teardrop to Tyler Lockett or Doug Baldwin to advance the chains. But for the most part, the Seahawks struggled to generate consistent offense. Seattle converted just two of its 13 third downs and managed only 11 first downs on the day. If the Seahawks offense simply had no answer for a stout Cowboys defense, that would have been understandable. Dallas Stonewall drew Brees and the Saints in Week 13 at a time when New Orleans was rolling every other defense in its path. What's all the more frustrating, though, is that the Seahawks did have answers. At one point in the third quarter, Wilson had thrown 16 passes and averaged 8.3 yards per attempt on those throws. At that same point, Seattle had recorded... 21 non-quarterback running plays, which had gone for just 2.8 yards per carry. Surprised so 28-yard Rashad Penny run from early in the third quarter, and the number drops to 1.55 yards per rush. Seeing with a run early, run often play when your team can't crack 2.0 yards per carry and your quarterback is Russell Wilson and is nothing short of a coaching malpractice. And to make matters worse, seemingly every time the Seahawks utilized play action to take a shot downfield, they produced a big play. 
On back-to-back first and ten situations early in the second quarter, Wilson uncorked play-action throws to Ed Dixon and Tyler Lockett for gains of 26 and 40 yards, respectively. Wilson finished the game 9 of 10 on play-action passes for 111 yards according to the Pro Football Focus. Yet instead of leaning on that strategy on early down, Seattle continued to hammer away with the running game and saddle its superstar quarterback with overwhelming odds on third down. The Sox had the tools to combat Dallas defense on Saturday, but Schottenmeyer refused to use them. That's the worst sort of coaching possible, an unceasing dedication to identity that's in direct contrast to what's best for your team. Malleability is a necessary trait for teams and coaches at this stage of the season. And that's what made the Chargers strategy on Sunday so noteworthy. This year, most of the coaching that was lauded around the league was by newly minted offensive masterminds, but Chargers defensive coordinator Gus Bradley's game plan against Lamar Jackson the Ravens was a stroke of defensive genius. As ESPN's Adam Schaefer, Schefter sorry, pointed out on Sunday, the Chargers used seven defensive backs on 58 of their 59 defensive snaps against Baltimore. Previously this season, no team in the league had utilized seven DBs on more than 17 plays in a game. Bradley clearly believed that the best way to combat Jackson's running ability was to flood the field with speed, and for much of the afternoon, he was right. The Chargers paired their safety-heavy approach with an expert game plan along the defensive line that matched stunts and shift alignments to various Ravens' motions and formations. By packing three players on the interior of the line and emphasizing penetration, Bradley's front four was able to set up shop in the Baltimore backfield. It didn't hurt that the linebacker Melvin Ingram was the best player on the field. It's fitting that the Chargers earned the right to play the Patriots in the divisional round by deploying a previously unused defensive scheme. Bill Belichick has built his career by staying at least one step ahead of every other team, constantly evolving and shape-shifting the best fit his personnel and his best combat New England's opponent that week. Not surprisingly, the team that earns first-round buys this season featured four of the most forward-thinking head coaches in the league. Andy Reid and Sean McVay have been paragons of innovation for the past few seasons. Sean Payton has long been one of the game's preeminent offensive minds, and after a win over the Bears on Sunday, Eagles coach Doug Peterson is making noise in the playoffs. The advantages that coaches provide when a long way to establish those teams is the best in the football this year. Now they'll be joined in the divisional round by the coaches who are most willing to take an, on a similarly open-minded approach. By the time the playoffs begin, it's tempting for coaches to believe that the formula that got them to the postseason is infallible. But Wild Card Weekend was even more proof the coaches who are able to adapt are more are the most likely to survive. And there you have that. And that wasn't even the crazy. So here's the 32 things from USA Today about the division about heading into the divisional playoff rounds in 2018. So, red meat, we crave sustenance. Guys, we are not invading my aunt. I had a rough night. I don't drink alcohol. I don't know, you know, if you guys know that, but I don't typically drink alcohol just because it makes me sick and I don't really like it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I decided, well, this is like a holiday, New Year's wedding celebration. I'm dressed up. I'm trying to feel better from being sick. I've been like recovering, you know. I'm going to have a cocktail. So I had the holiday cocktail berry thing that you guys mm-hmm. had created for it and it was very good it was really strong so i needed something that wasn't super sweet so i'm like i'm just gonna go to the bar because it's an open bar I never drink i'm just gonna have a vodka lemonade why not mm-hmm. and so i'm like just go easy on the vodka and this dude poured like almost the whole like cup parts. of vodka and like a splash of lemonade i was like what the fuck 
All right, I'll I'll take it. I'm game. Whatever. I'm I'm grown up. I can do what I want. I'm 31. Damn it. Nate's driving. I want to drink the vodka. I'll drink the vodka. I'm fucking grown up. Whatever. So I sat back down. We're having a great time. I decided to have another drink because I run out of my drink and I'm feeling really good at this point and all these appetizers are in and I'm getting thirstier and thirstier from these burgers. I'm like, oh my God, I better get another drink. So I go over, I'm like, I'm going to need another one of those vodka lemonades. Easy on the vodka, please. And he did it again. And I was like, son of a bitch. All right, well, I'm at a wedding. I'm going to have fun tonight. Why not? I never do that. So I did it. I had two vodka lemonades and a berry punch and I got super wasted. In a classy, contained kind of way, you know, I was, I was just chilling. Classy ways, yeah. Chilling buzz. Uh-huh. I was feeling good. No one could tell from the outside. But great. I, yeah, I didn't think so. I we thought know, I handled we know how to contain it very well. Yeah. I didn't fall down at all. I was wearing big shoes. Yeah. <laughs> so then I uh, wearing big shoes. One of your bridesmaids, I think it was your maid of honor, was like, "Let's do shots," and I'm like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> so I'm already drinking a Chardonnay with my dinner, or a white wine with yeah. my dinner, which was delicious, by the way. So then I was like, she's like, do you want to do a shot with us? And everyone's like, no. I'm like, yeah, I looked I do. at you and I'm like, no. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody said anything. Don't. So I'm like, okay, let's do go. it. Why so not? Here's, here's <laughs> the, I got to really quick back this up. In the moment, it's, like it's slow a lose-lose. Okay. <laughs> she's having a good time whiling out. If I am the party pooper and I'm like, hey, you probably shouldn't do this that. This should be mad it's, at you it's the rest be, of it. So, and then it, it brings the vibe down. Oh, you're killing my buzz ass. Like all this stuff. But, oh, but I don't then also, know if that would have happened. I could have been like, oh, you're probably right. Thanks. I told well, you, you know probably what? shouldn't do that. And you're like, oh, no, it's fine. Did That's you? when the no <laughs> commenced. So, so then on the other side, they like could I be said, saying anything right now. And I'll be like, oh, I don't remember. The that. other <laughs> side of the lose lose is that if I don't say anything, which I didn't continue your story. Mm-hmm. Well, I went over and I had a shot with the bridesmaids and you guys. And it was super fun. Whatever. Yeah, I was like, Woo. also, like, I saw the film, I'm like, is Veronica back there? Veronica! <laughs> mm. oh, I got my shot. Yeah. He's like, hey, what are you doing here? They get you. I was like, hey, they pulled me in. I'm doing it. Whatever. Like, yeah. She was our shot representative. Yeah, oh, I yeah. took one for the team. Yeah. And then I went back to my table and I was like, I looked at her. I'm like, you I probably need home. to go now. I need to go home. I was like, all right. Yeah. Okay? Okay? Like, we need I, to go home now. I felt I like, the okay. tides are turning. <laughs> as soon as I got back from I saw the look. I looked at her. I was like. It was the dairy. Yeah, she just kind of like... No, but it was probably the, the dairy liquor hitting, oh. you, hitting your system. It was the fact that I had drank th- two vodkas, a glass of white wine, a shot of whatever the fuck we were drinking. Mi- mixed liquors. And was mm-hmm. it a slippery nipple or something? Yes. Yeah. It was that, yeah. yeah. Mixed liquors will... Behind the system. scenes, your bridesmaid or your maid of honor trying to figure out if it was a buttery nipple or a slippery <laughs> nipple was the buttery fucking nipple? conversation. Oh my God. At the table like, we should all go do a buttery nipple and everyone's like... And Whoa. then I, I'm not sure who said it. Somebody's like, I think it's a slippery nipple. And she's like, is it, is it that or a buttery nipple? I can't remember. It. <laughs> slippery, buttery nipple. It's just it's like fine. the behind the scenes of that was really well, hysterical there's a, to me. There's, there's like a butterscotch shot. Or like there's butter some, something. yeah, butter shots. Yeah. Or butter rum or whatever it's they call butter, it. It's called butter shots. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe that's what she was thinking of. And I was like... Maybe, yeah, maybe buttery she's blended nipple. the two together. <laughs> it's a very different thing altogether. <laughs> yeah, she's... Interesting. Okay. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, the shot put me over the edge. And we had to go home. It was a lovely night. Did you make it? How far did you make it before? Well, I went. We got in the car. Not far. We were driving. Just past the gas station. I have no idea. It was no just all I know is that I got really sick in the car. I was violently fucking ill. Yeah. Uh, it was a horrible night. And uh, 
yeah, I was sick all night. <laughs> and I will never drink like that ever again because I'm a grown-up and I know better. But you regret nothing because it was I regret a nothing. I regret up, nothing. You threw up such nice. All those good appetizers. Yeah, they yep. were even better coming back the second time. <laughs> 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 that, that's how yeah. fucking yeah. good it was. I'll put that on Yelp. Oh, Yelp. Yeah. <laughs> still tasted good. Yeah. Like, Didn't totally wreck my car with stench. <laughs> Smelled really good. Yeah, so it's yeah, like Slightly. Slightly. Got home, got in the shower, got in bed, woke up. I didn't throw up the next day. That's so that fun. was good. Yeah. And I'm s- I kind of feel like I'm still recovering from it. I think yeah. I might have poisoned myself a little. Yeah, and I'll never do it again. It's always good. Yeah. yeah. So, from your guys' perspective, hard in the paint, how much drinking did you take on at your wedding? So much. Not, oh not, not as much as listed. So much drinking. Time out. I have to self-interject because we forgot, like, the star of the show. And I, it's because I'm the only one at the table between the three. <laughs> Maybe. No. But the three of us, I was the only one that had the delicious dessert. I had oh, one flam- bite of it. Oh, and I was like, I'm going to throw up. Yeah. I better not do it. Your guys' decision oh. to do the flambe donut was out of sight. That looked so fucking well, incredible. No, I think it was like, yeah. we're like, well, we can do a traditional wedding cake, but like, some people just don't like wedding cake. Like, some people are just not big cake people. We're like, I'm not. I'm one let's, of them. Let's make people. it. Let's make yeah. Sarah doesn't I, like cake. I like pie, yeah. and we can't have a wedding pie, so it's just. Well, <laughs> I bet you'd be pleased but... to know that I am currently baking a pie right now. Oh, dang. Mm-hmm. And it's got 11 minutes left, so I'm going to oh, have to man. pop out. We're going to have it on the podcast it. live? That's amazing. Yeah, or after, whatever. It's going to need to cool. Some damn good pie? I hope some so. Some damn good pie. To go with their damn yeah. fine coffee. Yeah. But some coffee. Yeah, yeah I'm really glad we decided to do the... Uh, Mixed berry pie. The, oh. Made it a show. Because like, as, soon as, as soon as they, like, they announced it, people just disappeared to like that line. And were like, we're getting some. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It well, was nice. Split one. Yeah. I wish I could have had one. I wish I wouldn't have drank so much so I could have enjoyed it. It's okay. There was also alcohol in the, in the, with yeah, the donut. In the donut. I wish I could have had two. Hardy, hardy. Oh, they were and gone. And been there long enough to have had a second one because... Yeah. I wish I had taken the first one. I was like, "Oh my god, it's so good! We have to go. I can't really sit and savor this, you know." Huh? I said, "I wish that I would have like thought to bring a to-go box, and then I could drunkenly (laughs) sneak into the kitchen and yeah." There was no time. Pizza. We had pizza to go at the end of the night. Yeah, and they had to-go boxes. Little big triangle box. You take some nice pizza home with. Not the same pizza, but still some pizza. I cannot give. So some people can get a little grease coat, sober up a little bit, get into their car and go. Yeah, I want to have a party just so we can have that catering. Yeah, Mm -hmm. totally. Worth every penny. I absolutely agree. It was the like I said off air, and I want to just reiterate it here. It was the most delicious wedding I've ever tasted. Awesome, hands down. Everything the 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 main course the st- uh, what was it the it wasn't steak it was a steak it was sirloin. a sirloin yeah it was oh and the chicken were, oh the chicken was just the oh, chicken stack everything was just because you had as you guys had the the dairy freeish meal so you had yours was slightly different than some of the other people's but it yeah. was still pretty much everything was you didn't, probably didn't have the breading. Ours was very different because Nate oh, had yeah. said that we were all getting lactose free meals and I was like oh, okay whatever it was like you said well it's like. Because Sarah Campbell. is the only one who's lactose-free. Like, like, Fully. It's like, well, Sarah and I, but let's just, all three of us will be, I'm like, okay, I'll let them know. 
Yeah. yeah. Why would you do that? Because I didn't know it was going to make that big of a difference. Because I just Nate thought they would just go. Because never been to a, a formal mm. wedding. Correct. I had no idea. Mm. You guys don't know any about that it. That potato pancake on the bottom was. Guess uh, what we learned? What? That I can't make oh, the decisions on food anymore. She has to. I'm there not you allowed. Yeah, you're not allowed. No. Not allowed. Yeah. Whoever gets married. But it didn't matter because I was full from appetizers and totally drunk. Yeah. If I would have had any more on my plate, I probably would have thrown up the next day as well. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's all good. We only got to have half of ours the day because we had to go mingle and talk yeah. to people. and It's hard to eat on your yeah. wedding day. So that's what they sent mm-hmm. us home with some. So our lunch our, was our Sunday lunch. Yeah. Sunday lunch was the, the meal again and leftovers. That's great. Just Ooh. as good leftovers, by the way. Yeah. yeah. I bet. Hmm. So lucky. You, can get, you can get this catering three different ways, whether it's reverse eating, eating it, <laughs> or eating. having this leftovers. Reverse eating. <laughs> yeah, I just wanted to do that to reverse make it a little less. South Park. <laughs> no. <laughs> South Park's been on point lately. Oh, yeah. We just started watching the newest. Integrity uh, Farms. Oh, yeah, man. We're really into it right now. Super fun. I have not watched in many. I never really watched it. But it's, it's, it's a fine show. Yeah, all in all, man. Thank you guys again for yeah. letting us be a part of your yeah. wedding and come to your wedding, and it was it was spectacular. And yeah, I was telling them earlier. I was like, I was telling Sarah yesterday that I thought that instead of them sending us a thank you, that we should send them a thank you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Thanks for inviting us to a glorious wedding. I still dream about that food. I will dream about <laughs> yeah. it for the rest of my life. It's also hysterical that like four days before your wedding, we actually broke even further our bottle opener. Like, and that was, you gave me that as a gift as being part of your wedding was like a bottle opener. And I was like, oh, this is perfect. It just replaces the one we just fucking broke. This is <laughs> yeah, great. There you go. Perfect. It's like timing. It's yeah, like that you was knew nice. the universe knows. Such a classy mm-hmm. wedding. I really enjoyed oh, it. it. 10 out of 10. We'll, when you guys like renew in like 35 years, don't forget. <laughs> Same catering company. But yes. Like, we're here find that catering food. company. You're like. Mm-hmm. We're flying them in. I don't know where you guys are going to be. You'll have to fly them in, but you're flying them in. <laughs> Fly from down the street. Like, <laughs> take off. They're worth the flights. Go. <laughs> they took a helicopter. Mm-hmm. Tell you what kind of flight. They had to fly the food in. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> cool. yeah. yeah, we had some great food. We've mm-hmm. also been having a lot of great food because it's been the holidays. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you guys yeah. have some good holiday food? We actually... Andrew we had, we had a quite a week because we also host. I we hosted Christmas Day at our house. Ooh, like three wow. days before the wedding, we're like, let's, let's just host Christmas. Let's just. That's also that we also. I was remod- we I also- was slowly going towards insanity because well, yeah. we did a guest room, followed by hosting we had, Christmas. Our week of the wedding oh involved oh. us Adults getting all the wallpaper removed, painting, priming, and organizing a guest room because we had company coming, and then doing Christmas Day for both our families together. We went a little crazy. Liz was like, I can pull it. Like, we now found out if we can pull it off in that kind of time. Mm-hmm. Everything else going on, we can do it whenever. So there yeah, were no there Clark Griswold moments? Not the, not really, no. No? Well, that's great. Yeah, so I, we did a, I did this really, um, I did ham in the crock pot with a brown sugar, Ooh. honey syrup, and pineapple juice. Yes. And I just soaked in that for four hours. That sounds on, so good. And then cut it up, served it, and we had, um... Little rot sides. We had uh, baked mashed potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had a yeah. salad. What peas and sneeze. Peas and sneeze. Well, I call it peas and sneeze because it's is, peas and carrots with like little onion in it, so it kind of looks like boogers. So I used to call it peas and sneeze. That's she, when she was really little, that's what she oh called it, God. and she's kept it since then. Yeah. But all, it, was, it was all good. Everyone loved the food. Make sure that like if anybody, if you ever have to gift somebody a recipe card someday, because grownups do that, make sure that's the one that you yes. give them. <laughs> <Isn't it? laughs> yeah. 
Did you guys end up get, did you guys take your cookie boxes home? Oh yeah, the cookies. We did. The, that the was devastated uh, the cookies. I was so pleased oh, about that. All oh, the man. That's holiday cookies. We had some of those today too. Mm-hmm. That was such a nice little takeaway from mm-hmm. the wedding. Uh yeah. The little A's and little E's in mm-hmm. there and the, the jelly cookies. Oh, my good. The cherry cookie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cherry topped mm-hmm. dark chocolate cookie was mm-hmm. cool. My chocolate kiss ones got a little melty, but they were still good. Mm-hmm. What's up on this? Uh, oh, bug. it is in fact a bug of stinking. It's Sorry, so I don't warm. have my yeah, I don't have my glasses. He on. just <laughs> fell. <laughs> I just, yeah. uh, no, he's he's just on his fell back. to his. No, nope, still alive. He's still there. He's just on his oh. back. He's got a flip. He's over now. Oh, okay. Okay. Can't get him. <laughs> I guess I can go let him outside. I'll be. I'll be. Uh, interrupted by the stink bug. The, it's the, okay. It's the bug of our existence. Oh, the bug of our existence on this episode. Uh, it's okay. It's a good excuse to maybe get pie. So, <laughs> oh, that's coming in five minutes. We're okay. we're getting there soon. But uh, I will you guys say, are so nice to bugs. Yeah, we don't. We try not to kill things unless we absolutely have oh, to. Oh, I smash. Yeah, Hulk smash. Ah. Yeah. Liz, Liz hates flies. So that's fly season. Liz, Liz See, is on the flies. Like, Our cats are also fly catchers. Flies can fucking die like i hate flies but like bugs. spiders keep spiders because they're gonna like kill the bugs kill the bugs okay there's a lot of spiders in our basement it's fine mm-hmm. yeah. so listen to go down there uh so one thing that's been making meals interesting and nice for us is the fact that veronica got a instapot for christmas i did we talked mm-hmm. about this on the last episode but at that point we had not yet tried it yeah we've since tried it several times it's been hit or miss for me I made uh, some chicken. The first thing I made in it was a roast. Wasn't it the roast? Yeah, it was the roast. Yeah, yeah the first thing I made in it was a roast. And what I like oh. about the Instant Pot is that it has an option for you to saute it right into the pan or in the pot that you cook it in. Because an Instant Pot is uh, a pressure cooker, slow cooker. Uh, so you can saute. You can make yogurt in it. You, you make, make rice. You can mm-hmm. make oatmeal. So it's, it's a big all-purpose appliance. It is, yeah. It's pretty cool. Um, I use it at the, the cafe that I work at. I do food prep there. Um, and I use it to make chicken salad. And so I, which I did, I made chicken salad in it again, or for the first time in this Instapot, because this is a newer model. It has uh, different buttons on it and stuff. And I was super pissed off because when I cook it, I'm, I'm cooking for a restaurant, so I make like ten pounds of chicken salad at a time. It's a fuck ton of chicken salad. I do a lot of chopping. It's annoying, but I love it. Anyway, so <laughs> I hate it. But I love it. It's, fine. No, it's okay. I just really hate cutting on- onions. Like I have to cut who, so many red onions. onions. Nobody. We're gonna We're fuck gonna the sodomites in, in the. So today we are reviewing the 1996 1994. classic. 1994. What? It was 19. 19- oh, I thought it was 96. No, nope. unless that's Cruise Control. That's probably Cruise Control. Yeah. That was probably Cruise Control. Yeah. The very audacious <laughs> sequel, if you will. So we're 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 reviewing the 1994 classic. Speed. Speed. It won two Academy Awards. Did you know that? No, I didn't. I did not. <laughs> By being the best. <laughs> You're not first, you're last. <laughs> That's right. Uh, Second place is just the first loser. So, <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I'm looking at this. I'm looking at some info about it, and it's, it says it was a surprise, critical, and commercial success. And right below that, it says it had a critically panned sequel, Speed Two Cruise Control. But that was actually '97, not '96. Oh, damn! I was still wrong. It You're took just us full wrong. three years to make a really, really shitty sequel. <laughs> That's amazing. That's absolutely amazing. It, so, was, it was probably in development for three years or for like two years. And then like the last six months, they're like, yeah, let's throw this movie together. And then Keanu jumped out at the last minute. Like, <laughs> like no, nah. I'm, not, I'm not doing this. Guys, now nah. This thing is rigged to explode. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. Oh, oh shit. That's amazing. Uh, <laughs> so Keanu Reeves, Sandra Bullock, and Jeff Daniels. Yeah. I don't – like I know Marvel does a really good job about uh, integrating – their different superheroes yeah. into the uh, the other movies, uh, and I thought it was it was interesting that they chose not to put any superheroes <laughs> in either one of these movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like the movie's called Speed, and they don't even have Quicksilver. No, no, no. There's or nobody the going really fast at all. It was <laughs> <laughs> no, nothing above sixty miles an hour. <laughs> no, I don't. No, definitely not. Fifty-five. Oh, fifty-five. Fifty-five. Can't go above fifty. He can't, he can't go fifty-five. Sweaty Teddy, mm. laying it down for years. So, which one is your favorite? I, I'm gonna have to go with. I'm gonna have to go with the first one. Cruise Control yeah. was a little. Um, I don't even remember. A too tame. I, I watched it one time. I didn't even know the sequel existed so. <laughs> until 45 seconds ago. Obviously, the the, the original is my favorite. Yeah, I watched it one time. Speed, however, I watched many times in my childhood. I love Speed so much. Not the drug. I movie. wonder where this falls uh, falls in the timeline of all these other Marvel <laughs> movies. I've got I recorded Speed like six months ago on my DVR and I watched it and I didn't delete it, so it's <laughs> so it's there anytime that I want to just bust Speed out. Because I'm not. I, gonna I always put... like to keep a backlog of Speed myself. <laughs> yeah, I, I heard. <laughs> so you you do you collect Speed? I do. I, I'm a, hear this. I'm a Speed collector. Um, I read a, believe it or not, a Vice article about speed, mm-hmm. um, and this guy was trying to amass the largest collection of speed um, <laughs> on VHS. That is. Yeah. Uh, so I thought, you know what? What the hell? I'm gonna try to go collect as many of these bitches as I can because who the fuck's gonna come to Indiana first of all? Mm-hmm. So I've got, I've kind of got a, a grip on the Indiana speed market, so to speak. <laughs> um, but my ultimate plan is I, is I want a final battle to commence yeah. between me and the speed demon. You know? You're just like, he's like, I got them all. And you're just like, hey, now. No, no, no. You have to go through me. When you, when you, uh, what, what are you, willing? when you're addicted to speed, you need someone to take your speed away so you can break away <laughs> from the demons. So <laughs> we're going to see how this all plays out. Thunderdome. <laughs> so like when this guy comes, you're, you're going to be like, what, what are you, what are you going to, what are you going to do for me? I'm thinking I, I want like a LARP battle on like a on like a long four by four that's over a pit of either jello or or mud or why not KY. On, why not on a bus going fifty five miles an hour? Oh, man, that's that's probably the best way to deal with it. <laughs> <laughs> the only way really. Do you think we could get Sandra Bullock? To come? Get Keanu Reeves to come and make an appearance. <laughs> and they're just sitting in the back of the bus, just like as long as Keanu Reeves here. has his uh John Wick hair. Oh yeah, he's got to have those long locks. And be like, "This is the worst thing since Speed 2. <laughs> now I know why I didn't do the fucking sequel. <laughs> this is even worse. Sequel to the sequel. Ugh. So, 
Yeah, that was. <laughs> this is Fool's Week. <laughs> it's starting to dawn on me that maybe perhaps this is not actually. Uh, Speed is not part of the Marvel Cinematic yeah, Universe. I, I don't think it is. But it, it just Wait, so happens that this is Fool's Week. So does we that mean f- John Wick's not a part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe? No, but it should be. Yeah, we. we... <sighs> Yeah, we kind of talked about that a little bit. We need we need a Punisher versus John Wick movie. I would be all for that, one hundred percent. With John Bernthal as the Punisher, of course. Yes, of course. That would be that'd be money. You could do a whole trilogy about that, and it would still be better than the Hobbit trilogy. You know? Ah, <laughs> oh, come on, man! I like the Hobbit trilogy. Mm-hmm. Me too. Me too. I like but... the Hobbit book. Well, yeah, duh. Uh, the books are better than the movies. What what I really enjoyed about, without tangenting too far, <laughs> we're doing it already. We are. We haven't even got into the real topic, and we're already tangenting. That's okay. Uh, <laughs> that's what we do. What, what I really today. enjoyed about the Hobbit movies was they included so much back stuff that mm-hmm. wasn't in the book. Like well, they included so was- much extra stuff that you weren't expecting. Like yeah. they included stuff that didn't actually even happen. Especially with the special edition <laughs> releases, you know the extended cuts. Mm-hmm. I have all of those. Yeah, they they did a. Mm. I normally, I, normally I get pissed off when I buy like a movie collection and then six months later, then they release an extended cut. Oh yes, because it's like ah, fuck, I I don't want to buy these again. That's where I, I've I been at lately with Marvel because I've started trying to go in and watch the ones I haven't seen yet. I'm like. They're going to put out a big fucking box mm-hmm. at any time now. And you, know I don't, that, you know that fucker's going to be like 400 bucks. But so. right now I've only got, like I think I've got the, the Iron Mans. Okay. I got the first Avenger and I bought Winter Soldier. But I don't have that many yet. So it's like, okay, if I just don't, if I just don't buy them, then I won't feel that bad mm-hmm. when I go to get the box. For The Hobbit, like I purposely waited to buy it. Cause, and it took like a year for the extended edition to come out after. Mm-hmm. Um, I think because I already had The Hobbit extended and then Desolation of Smog came out. So I waited an extra year for the extended cut to come out. For the Battle of Five Armies? And that too. I waited an extra year for oh, that Oh, okay. One. Both of them, the extended didn't come out until the, like a year. Yeah, the out. only one that I own is is the original release of The Hobbit. So... When when it finally comes down in price, I'll buy the triple pack of yeah. the extended cut because it's still like ninety five dollars. Yeah, I need Damn. to get the Lord of the Rings extended cuts. I got those. Hell the yeah, big beautiful set. I got it Black Friday for like fifty bucks, I think. Hell yeah, I need to look out for that because I have not the extended cuts, just the like uh, two disc combo packs of the original yeah. trilogy on DVD, and they're not very good quality anyway. I remember just a couple months ago, we finally smashed through all the extended cuts. Because when I got it, I initially just watched Return of the King. Because mm-hmm. I wanted to see the scene with uh, old boy coming out on his on his demon horse. I was like, I really want that shit. Right. But I finally <laughs> watched it through a couple months ago. And it was good. It was great. You could definitely tell, too. Like I was like, I don't remember that being part of it. Because it wasn't, motherfucker. That's right. There was so much extra stuff. Uh, I remember the, the last time I tried... Uh, watching all the extended cuts was probably about seven years ago, and we tried to run a marathon. I, we started at like eight o'clock at night, maybe seven. I you gotta left. do. You gotta start early morning, man. Mm. Well, we started at seven or eight. I left about four a.m. and they were still there until ten a.m. You missed a whole movie. Yeah. Yeah, you did one whole movie. Uh, yeah, I. I I think I ditched about mid two towers because I just I couldn't do it. I, I still had to drive back to Lafayette. I was in Delphi. That sucks. Um, yeah, yeah. Turn of the King though, that fucking movie. Hell yeah. 
I'm a big I'm, I'm a big fan of the first one myself. They're they're all fantastic. Yes. I'm not about to I'm not about to Rank. put my two cents. Yeah, no no ranking. They're all fucking awesome. Uh, what what sucks the most? Real, fine, maybe perhaps before we get too far deep into this, what's so sad is that like with the extended cuts for for the uh, the Lord of the Rings, it wasn't like deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. It was they went back and specifically shot the extra scenes yep. to add to the story. Wow. Whereas I don't know about the extended cuts with the Hobbit, but there is the most heartbreaking documentary about how much. Uh, what was his name? Peter, Peter Jackson. Jackson. How much it tore him apart because he hated it, mm-hmm. and they just shoved it down his throat. Like we have to get it done this year, and they didn't let him do what he wanted because yep. he got brought in so late because it was supposed to be Del Toro that was doing it. Right. Yeah. Um. So I, I guess that's might, might play a little bit in my brain as to why I don't like him as much because you can just tell. Well, Peter they Jack- didn't have as much love. Peter Jackson made that fr- that you know made that franchise relevant again. Oh yeah, definitely. And then. When they gave it to Del Toro, I was like, why would you not want Peter Jackson doing this? I, he didn't want to. I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, why would you not do everything in your power to convince Peter Jackson to do this? And then y- your guy doesn't want to do it. So why don't you just put it on the back burner and wait a little bit? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So Got to get those disappointing sales. Yeah. I love Peter Jackson. And I love Del Toro, too, but that's my two cents. Yeah. All right, now that we have completely yeah. confused the shit yes. out of everybody, what are we reviewing today? Is it Speed? Well, is it Lord of the Rings? Is it The Hobbit? None of the above. <laughs> As I was saying, though, it's Fool's Week, so we couldn't not fuck with people. That's right. So And we're podcaster so, so Yeah, of course. We have part no, of it. We have no structure. You guys got a review of Speed. You guys got a review of Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit. Regular and extended. You've already got reviews of seven movies. <laughs> Eight if you include Speed 2. All in ten minutes. All in 10 minutes. We are awesome. <sighs> but no, today we are actually here to review a Doctor Strange. The Doctor. How do you feel about it? You're a doctor. Yeah? How do you feel about it? How do I feel about it? It was good. Agreed. I thought it was better than good. Okay. Because going into it, much like I did with The Hobbit, I'm glad that you brought The Hobbit up because when I saw that... Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch Benadryl Cabbage Patch <laughs> Cumbersnatch <laughs> Fiddlesnatch that's my, that's what, That used to be like one of my favorite memes Was all the misspellings of uh, Benedict Cumberbatch <laughs> But when, when he was cast as Smog Initially I was not very uh, Enthusiastic um, Because I'm not a Doctor Who guy uh, I've, I've just Was he on Doctor Who? Yeah he was, he was a Doctor Whoa uh, he looks like he would be a doctor. Mm-hmm. I've, I've, he was also Sherlock Holmes. Uh, but not a Doctor Who fan. I'm not either, but I, I know enough. Anyway. Oh, is he the Sherlock? Yes, Doctor he Holmes? was Sherlock. Mm-hmm. Okay. But um, I just, I, you know, I loved him as Khan. I thought he yes. did a fantastic job as oh, Khan. Yes. yes. But I was not super enthusiastic about him playing Smog. And then when I saw the first Hobbit movie and then the second one, it just, every line that he had as Smog got better and better. And it's like, I don't want to see anything else in this movie but Smog. Mm-hmm. More Smog. More Smog. They, we didn't get enough Smog. No, we didn't. Smogless. <laughs> However... We did get a lot of Stephen Strange. Yes, yes we, we did. did. A whole lot. Not to be confused with uh, Brandon of Journey into Comics. 
friendship with Strange from 93.5. That's correct. <laughs> hey, this is Strange. <laughs> what are you doing at my house at 3 o'clock in the morning? Nick, you look so confused. I'm a little confused. Uh, Brandon apparently is the only person that enters into like 93.5 giveaways. And every year, involving Metallica for some reason, he gets a phone call from Strange. Hey, this is Strange. Brandon, you want another Metallica album? Swing <laughs> by and pick fuck? it up. Yeah, Not so long ago, he won like a gift card to Wings, etc. It was like a $50 gift card or something. Yeah. Jess wins a lot of those, too. Yeah. Just because she, she's up early in the morning. Mm-hmm. So no one, no one else is doing it. And she just calls and wins shit all the time. Man. But uh, so when I saw that, because up up until like the announcement for Doctor Strange, you know, there were so many different actors being thrown around for who was going to p- play Stephen Strange. And he was the one that was being talked about the most. And I was like, I just I'm not feeling it. See, yeah. I didn't know anything about Doctor Strange beforehand. So I'm, I'm not a uh, like super knowledgeable, knowledgeable about Doctor Strange, but I know enough to be a fan of the character. Mm-hmm. And uh, I just, I wasn't feeling it. And then when I saw the movie, I didn't say a word the entire movie. I was just mesmerized because he did that fucking good of a job. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was fantastic. That, that. I, the more I think about it, the more I, I did really, really like it. Yeah. The opening sequence where he's just Dr. Stephen Strange. A fucking complete dickhead. Yes. Like, it, he cracked me up with his, like, music trivia <laughs> stuff and just his overall cockiness it's impossible to ignore the comparison to tony stark mm-hmm. yeah just this kind yeah. of total asshole kind of a playboy and uh, then he gets himself super fucked up and oh look here we go redemption he's well it, you know at first it's the downward spiral of going to any any means necessary to reclaim his former glory mm-hmm. because he was so consumed by it and then money there's no amount of money that can give him back what he had so it's the he had to search the spirit. Mm-hmm. But there's there's three actors, I would say, in the last decade that have done something that no other actors have done, and that's make me absolutely fucking hate the character and the actor. And then by the end of the movie, you know, it's like I love this guy. Yeah, it's my season finale, uh, so I wanted to start the episode off just by saying thank you to anybody who's uh, hung in there and stayed with me for my first 17 episodes. I know this was a, a bumpy ride for a first season. Um, we had a lot of, uh, you know, this this show where it is today is not really what I had envisioned uh, when I first started it, just because logistically the way I was planning things wasn't working out and you know getting guests to come in and record with me has been way harder than I ever imagined it would be I mean how hard how hard would you think it is just to say hey can you come over on Thursday night and record with me for an hour um but it just it never ends up that way mostly because as I I I can't remember if it was the last episode or the episode before but we we did mention that uh you know, the guests we're trying to have on, they all have kids, just like we have kids. And uh, when you have kids, a lot of your schedule revolves around them, you know? 
So it's not as simple as just saying, okay, Thursday, we're going to do that Thursday. Uh, it's, it's more like, well, my week, Thursdays are good. Your week, Tuesdays are good. What can we do that works for both of us, you know? And, uh, it's difficult. It's, it's hard to do. And, and if you're listening to this, I'm, you're, you're most likely a parent yourself and you already understand the difficulty in that, you know, uh, this, the kids' schedules always come first, you know, as, as we've spent many episodes discussing soccer schedules and baseball schedules and football schedules. And now we're into basketball schedules and dance classes and, uh, preschool daycare, uh, you know, marks in second grade. So grade school, uh, it's, it's just always, always, always revolving around their schedules, which is something that as a parent, you have to accept, you know, uh, it's not about you anymore. You, you, you made these little people and, uh, you, you gotta, you gotta do right by them now. You know, that's a weird way to start this podcast. I don't, I don't know where I was going with that. My, my point was though, that, you know, I wanted to have more guests. I was hoping for a guest every episode. I was hoping for, uh, you know, I was hoping, uh, things would work where me and Ashley could even record every week, but that, that got harder and harder as we went along, which is why she's no longer like the permanent co-host on this show. You know, she jumps in when she can, but you know, it, we, it's a rarity when Ashley and I get time together alone without the kids. And we don't always want to spend that sitting in front of a microphone for an hour and a half, two hours. I know the episodes are only an hour, but by the time I get everything set up and stuff, it's, it's just, it's, it, it's a whole night gone for us, you know? And since we don't get many of those, it's, it's, it's hard to justify it sometimes. Um, God, I'm, I'm like apologizing for all this stuff. And I don't, I, that's not, that's not what my point was. My point was where I am today on this show is not what I had expected. So the fact that you guys stuck in there with me, uh, if you're still listening to this, um, I appreciate it. I appreciate you hanging in there. And I, my promise to you is that, uh, I, so I'm going to take a season off, uh, to work on my new show, which, uh, if, if you're, if you pay attention to the journey into comics network, uh, you'll see that I, I, teased a new show that will be starting in a couple of weeks um where me and my buddy larry are going to talk about music it's called crucial tunes uh you know shameless self-promotion on my own podcast (laughs) um anyway uh so i will be doing crucial tunes for the next season um but by the time i come back to kids for sale uh you know next summer or whatever it may be um or I guess since we're in 2019, uh, this summer is what I meant to say. The next summer that happens uh, will be when I jump back into Kids for Sale, I'm pretty sure. Um, But by the time I get back, I will hopefully be a lot more organized. I'll have the social media shit down because I've been promising you that for weeks and weeks and weeks and I haven't gotten down to it. Um, Maybe even I'll I'll find a new co-host by then and... uh, I'll be able to work something out, uh, with them. Who knows? Who knows? Who knows what the future may hold? But, uh, that's, that's my plan for you is to be way better structured by next season. I'm still very new to this. 
uh, which I'm sure is pretty obvious every time you sit down and listen to me. Um, but I hope I'm getting better. I don't know. Am I? Tell me. I don't, I don't, if I'm getting worse, tell me. I, 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 honest to God, I'd like to bring you the best content I can. So, and I know uh, starting this episode off within the first, uh, you know, six minutes, uh, explaining to you why it's not better. <laughs> it's not. It's not a good way to start, I guess. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so season seventeen is at an end. Um, we've talked about a lot of stuff this season. We've talked about sports schedules we've talked about you know the obnoxious parents on the sports teams Uh, that was like episode one i think the baseball thing uh we've talked about you know my mom came on episode what was that 10 or 11 and we talked about embarrassing stories from my past which i i so I really would like to have my mom back on again. I know we mentioned that before because my mom is a notorious cheapskate um, and she's proud of it. It's something she's proud of. It's, I'm not I'm not saying that to be mean. She enjoys the fact that she is frugal uh, and she's very good at it. So uh, I think a great idea for an episode, which I was hoping to have done this season, but we saw where that ha- went, you know, Blah. we saw where that ended up. Um. I was hoping to have her on for an episode of like money saving tips just because, you know, having kids is not cheap. So the cheaper you can make it, the better sometimes. Um, actually, you know what? While we're on the subject of saving money, uh, we've been we've been on a tight budget just through the holidays and stuff because we've been spending all our money on Christmas stuff and, uh, you know, Santa had to buy presents and all that good stuff. Uh, so something like, a a consequence that I should have, I should have foreseen, but I didn't for some reason of spending all that money on presents and stuff was like, it got harder and harder to stock our kitchen cabinets, you know, like we, we were a lot of times like scraping through the cabinets to find meals. And, uh, so we, we found, we found a few ways to like stretch our pennies as far as like feeding the kids and feeding ourselves went and I'll tell you what something this and this so you're gonna find out really quick I don't I didn't have a plan for this episode I'm just kind of kind of recap the whole season and uh if stuff pops into my head that's what we're gonna go with there's no plan for this episode just because I don't know I didn't have a guest I didn't have a co-host it's just me I'm not good at these just me episodes, so that's that's, that's my plan. I'm going to recap the season, and I'm just going to throw little things out here and there that I think of. So, yes, back to money-saving stuff. Um, I, I feel like this is an obvious thing that almost every parent knows, but uh, when you're trying to budget or you know you're saving money for something, your best friends for feeding your kids are hot dogs, macaroni and cheese, or, or my kids, it's not even so much macaroni and cheese. It's just pasta. Like we, we always, we buy the, the tricolored rotini. We buy the spaghetti. We buy the angel hair. We buy whatever. And then they just like smother it in Parmesan cheese, which for any of you health nut parents out there. Yeah. It's not a very nutritious meal, but you know what? They'll eat the shit out of it. They'll eat a ton of it. Um, 
my son, Mark, at this point, I can just call him Mark. I don't think I need to say my son. Uh, Mark, his favorite meal is just noodles and Parmesan cheese. That's been his favorite meal since he was like four years old, thanks to Aunt Betsy, who was a guest on a previous episode. Uh, she, he went over to her house one time and she introduced him to Parmesan cheese and now everything is smothered in Parmesan cheese. But his favorite is just noodles with cheese. Um, but here's, you know, they can't just eat that, obviously. Obviously. Oh, excuse me, I got a stuffy nose too, I'm sorry. Um, so you gotta, you gotta give them... You got to get apples or applesauce or, or, you know, fruit cups are pretty cheap sometimes. Um, or canned, canned fruit is cheap. Uh, bags of frozen vegetables are cheap. Um, shit, you guys know all this already, right? If, if you're a parent, you know all this already. You should. It's obvious, right? But here's here's stuff that like we've done to stretch our ingredients. Uh, like, uh, the, so you got you got a bag of hot dogs, and you got a box of macaroni and cheese. You cut up the hot dogs into the macaroni and cheese. Am I telling you anything you don't know already? <laughs> it's like an exotic new meal for the kids. That wow, look at that! And there's hot dogs in the mac and cheese. I think it's disgusting. I think it's terrible. Uh, I don't like hot dogs that much to begin with. I only like the beef hot dogs because I'm a snob like that. Um, but I don't know. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm giving you guys nothing here. But am I helping anybody? Does anybody not know about hot dogs and mac and cheese? You gotta, right? Actually, we made mac and cheese last night for dinner just because today was payday. But yesterday we were broke and we were down to our last couple things in the cabinets, which is what made me think of this. So I made a box of mac and cheese, and I personally don't like the powdered cheese mac and cheese, so I made myself a box of shells and cheese. Lucky for me, the kids don't like the shells and cheese with the liquid cheese. They like the powdered cheese. So I get the good stuff, they get the crappy stuff, and we're all happy. Um, but uh, So I made mac and cheese, and we had a can of corn. I heated up the can of corn, and Ashley, Ashley mixed the corn in, with her mac and cheese said that was something she always did when she was a kid. I've never heard of that. Um, but she, she seemed to like enjoy the thought of it. Like it, it was a nostalgic thing for her. Although she did say that it wasn't as good last night as she remembered it being when she was a kid. But, uh, I mean, that's something, something she remembered fondly as a kid was the sweet corn in her mac and cheese. So, Boom, there's an idea, it's something. And and the corn ups the nutrition value of the mac and cheese. So, man, it's two birds with one stone, you know? Um, Totino's pizzas are another one that was real popular when I was broke. You can buy those things for, like, a buck a piece. And the, the pizza is, it's junk pizza. You guys, know, you guys know Totino's pizza, right? The party pizzas. They used to be like little round pizzas, and then like somewhere along the line they decided, well, this is going to be better if they're square. So now they're square pizzas, which I still don't understand. But, yeah, you can get them like 10 for 10 at the grocery store on sale a lot. You know, very. it's, it's very often that they throw the Totino's on sale like 10 for 10. And they're... They're filling, you know, I, I can usually down a whole one myself, 
Um, but for a buck, it's a meal, you know, it's uh, again, here's the thing. It's not none, nothing cheap is nutritious. It's, it's just one, they don't go together. <laughs> so if you're budgeting and trying to save money on your food budget, it's not going to be healthy meals and you have to be willing to accept that. But, uh, Totino's pizzas are a good cheap one. Um, I don't know. I, don't know. I, I lost my train of thought already. It's, it's too early for this shit. <laughs> um, so this, I'm, I'm not feeling as bad as I did the last episode. If you listen to the last episode, it was a fucking mess just because I had a migraine the night before and I barely slept and I was recording on like two hours of sleep. Well, I was supposed to record this episode last night, but I got another migraine. Um, but it did not prevent me from sleeping as much as it did the week previous. So I'm not feeling as bad as I did <laughs> on the last episode, but I'm not feeling great today. So, uh, I, I apologize if I rambled today, but it, it should just hang in there. It's not going to be as bad as last week. I promise is unless it already is. Is it? I don't know. I ask you guys all these random questions and I'll, I'll tell you right now, nobody has ever answered me. Nobody. No, no comments, no messages. I get messages from, uh, from Nate, the head of the network all the time telling me, you know, Oh, I liked this part. I liked that part. Uh, which Nate, I love you for leaving me all that feedback because you're literally the only one right now. So, uh, it's nice to hear from somebody and I'm really accessible guys. I promise I am. I don't bite. You can message me. You can email me, uh, Find me on Facebook. Find my personal Facebook profile and friend me. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. All right, so we would start with 450 North's Fresh Fruit Milkshake IPA infused with pink guava and vanilla. On air with brews with dudes. I says Dick Blaine Tyner joining us on Facebook Live. What up, Dick? Welcome to the fracas. Ooh, the can looks cool floating in the lights here. It's our first episode with the light, I believe. Very happy to have it. Observe it. Be envious. <laughs> All right. That's probably where that's going to be safest. Uh, so how's it going, Tex? How have you been since you last been on? It's been a couple episodes, I think. Yeah, I've been trying a whole bunch of other beers, some mainly ones that Carmen got me from 18th Street for uh, Christmas. Shout out to Carmen for getting me all those beers. <laughs> I forgot that so if good. We're feeling super froggy that we do have a couple of those sitting over there. Uh-oh. <laughs> if we're feeling froggy, that's silliness. Yeah. Oh, my God. Have we ever been so thick to not feel <laughs> such a way? <laughs> oh, it's so fruity smelling. All they do right. not spare with their fruit additions at all, I don't think. <laughs> Let's see what we're getting ourselves into. I Cheers. can't see through it. <laughs> you cannot, yeah, I can't see what we're getting into. I'm going to have to mark my way through it. 
Definitely pick this up if you can. <laughs> this is very good. <laughs> oh my goodness. That is very, very tasty. It's almost a sour how like over the top fruity it is. <laughs> it's so good. Hmm. Dick says he thinks that his pink guava was off. I don't know if I'd say this is off. Or odd. Alex Cutter, what up? <laughs> Appreciate you joining in, Alex. Hmm. It's got an interesting sharpness to it that I'm not sure if was intentional, but I think overall it's fantastic. Oh, yeah. Did it say hops they use or anything like they do with their other cans? No, I don't believe so. Threw them all in the back end. Didn't want to be bitter at all. <laughs> It does say, please enjoy sooner than later. It's only two weeks old, I think. Yeah, it shouldn't affect the flavor too much. I don't think so. Some snobs are very, ooh. Yes, <laughs> yes. My friends, hope he's watching Grant or ever see this. He just pours out plenty of the Elder after 10 days. <laughs> Silly. What's up, Alex? He says hi to us. Nikki, Welcome. To the fray, Cameron Gore. Welcome, my friends. But long time no see. Hello, hello, hello. Dick <laughs> says, interesting sharpness. Yes, that's precisely what I mean. Yeah, I, I, I guess I can see what you're saying. Bring a milkshake IPA. You expect it to have that creaminess, which it is definitely creamy. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if that sharpness is just the pink guava flavor. You know? Maybe like extra bittering hops they threw in or something. <laughs> it is wonderful. Oh man, that's delish. <laughs> All right, what percent is that? Six and a half it's or not, something? It's not terribly high. Mm. Oh, it doesn't say. Reveal to me your secrets. Oh, six four. Six no, it's four. Six four. You guys can slug these ones back pretty easy. <laughs> Although it's kind of thick. <laughs> yeah. You could definitely trick yourself into thinking you were okay, and then accidentally slam four to six or ten of them. And then be in trouble. Some our last show or what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Our last show we did get a little lups up a doy. 450 explosion. <laughs> yes. yes. That was awesome. That was a good show. That was a fun show. We've got another fun show coming up. The second annual Doom Room Awards night. Pretty stoked for that. We just tallied the final votes. I'll, I'll keep it quiet, but we definitely are going to be crowning some new champions this year Woo! pretty excited um got a yeah we've got a couple of new fun categories and the lineup is totally insane for that night it's us who are um i would say like angelic christian punk core <laughs> <laughs> with slight doom leanings yeah <laughs> and then bizarre noir which I call avant-garde circus rock. Um, it's an amazing show. Yeah. <laughs> Every time. <laughs> yeah. And then Coyote Man, prog rock from Chicago. They are amazing. Um, and then uh, Arcaris. Uh, good old, good old, ooh, they're going to hate me for whatever I say. I'm going to just say stoner stuff, stoner rock. 
They're fun. They're adventure. They're they're, they're adventure rock. Stoner adventure rock. <laughs> they always sound like they're just fucking traveling through the Shire towards evil. But lit. Uh, but lit as fuck. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Tara. Welcome to the fray. Good to have you. She's always doing crazy things, posting pictures from crazy places around the world. Awesome. Keep it up. Wonder where you're watching from today. Let us in. (laughs) Yeah. Take us with you. Bring beers back from there. (laughs) Dr. Dongo says, I campaigned extra hard, probably referring to the Doomer Rewards night. Um, (laughs) We had 104 total people vote. Um, Most categories had around 70 votes per. So pretty exciting. Um, What else we got going on? Making moves on uh, the Bruising Bowling Festival. Um, we're getting ready to start handing out some mm. some uh, forms to different breweries to get involved. We were aiming for 30 breweries, but we've got a huge list, so we're hoping that at least some of them want to get involved. We're going to bowl. We're going to drink beer. And we've got a lot of fun musical guests. That's going to be fun. I wonder what the average bowling score will be as opposed to what the average score is before you drink. Like, you know, if there's me like... <laughs> what, 12, what do you, a, a what do you usually bowl? Score like a, yeah. a 6 o'clock score. <laughs> yeah. I had a 150 earlier. Now I'm a... I don't, I haven't th- don't think I've hit, even gotten to the gutter yet. Just yeah. <laughs> keep on throwing into the other lanes. <laughs> Another rock at 30. Yeah. <laughs> and I got a strike. Oh man, we should finish this one up and get get oh, rocking yeah. on the next. It's hard though. It's 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 delicious, but yeah, I don't want to chug it. <laughs> shout out to Arnie's for making this really hard. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, episode sixty four. We titled it "Beer and Pizza" because uh, we ate a lot of Arnie's before we did this, and it was a mix. Is it, it? We couldn't decide if we were going to take a nap or. Uh, or do this episode before we have band practice. Yeah. Is this a good base, or does this make me just go to sleep? <laughs> I'm excited to see how band practice goes. It's oh, uh, so good. I have so much energy for it now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> so many carbs, and we're ready to rock. Yeah. It's just been ebb and flow. So what should we do next? I feel like... Is it just a regular IPA? It's not a double or anything? It's a double. Or a double dry hopped IPA. I think it's a 7.2 base. And this one's 4.5. That's where like all their, their blenders are. Mm-hmm. So whatever you think. Green, or, green pill or red pill? Oh. Which one will you tr- choose, Neo? Oh, <laughs> Nico. Garrett. Welcome to the fray. Oh, Nico. Which one do you think we should have, Nico? The hazy nuggets or the... Strawberry jam slushy. Who will answer first, strawberry or hazy? Yeah, whoever, whoever. Sorry, Nicole, <laughs> I just, I just take it away from you. Whoever tells us what to drink first, we will. Because I'm nursing this, uh, this pink guava. It beep, is delicious. Beep, 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 beep. Strawberry. All right, you win. So let me rit. So let me done. Thank you to everybody listening on uh, Spotify, iTunes. Holy crap. 
Oh, it's just yeah, juice. Mm-mm-mm. Oh, the sludge. I was going to say, one of us got the juice, one of us got the sludge. It's all going to be delicious. They say when they put these beers out, they're like, these are made with such an incredible amount of fruit. You want to make sure you drink them as soon as possible. These are smoothies. Good lord. Yes, it is. These are jammy boys. Got all the good, the good hiding in the back. Oh my goodness! Well, I'm trying to drink some more sludge. Whoa. Yeah, this just straight up smells like opening a bar, uh, a bottle of strawberry jam. <laughs> like oh when you're my. when you're making it, when it's all hot and stuff. Holy shit! This smells so good. Wow. Oh my goodness! Wow. It's like a strawberry pie. <laughs> it's like it that is. thick. <laughs> Shit. And only four and a half percent. You gotta be kidding me. I want to drink this. Gotta be four hundred. Ca- <laughs> I want to make this every meal of the day. <laughs> oh man, that is freaking great. Yes, thank you so much. <laughs> leading us on the path. There can only be one. Just kidding. We're gonna have both. Oh, yes. That aroma, <laughs> says Dr. Dongo. Agreed, Dr. Dongo. Sweet Lord. This is insane. I could smash through it, but I want to enjoy it. That's why we need to have multiple cups. So we just have, oh, we never considered doing it like that. Do a flight style where we pour all the beers at, the, at once and then just, mm. maybe. Do that for Bruce the Dudes at Moontown. Yes. <laughs> Rock the full flight. Dudes on the road. <laughs> Bruise on the road. Wait, don't do that. <laughs> no, no. We're working on another concept called Bruise Cruise. But again, gotta make sure that we're uh, stay as safe as possible. Yes. <laughs> Drink responsibly. This is this is definitely one of the, the oh. better beers that they've made. I think it's hardly it doesn't. Need, it doesn't taste like beer. It just tastes like a delicious... Just drink. strawberry pie feeling. They just turn into a booze. They just like let strawberry pie filling... <laughs> just put oh, that into some like grain base. That was just... Oh, this is so good. I don't want to let it go. Cassie, hello. Welcome. Good to see you. Welcome. Dustin, I see you liking it over there. Hop on <laughs> in. Say hi for a second. When are we going to get you back to town? Last time I talked to you, we were trying to book your punk band. Let's get that moving. <laughs> I'm starting to work into March. Shake down. Yeah, we got a couple of fun shows in the works. We're, I think we're going to do another St. Paddy's Day show this year. I want to do a guitar shredding competition with uh, burlesque performers and maybe a comedian. <laughs> I got an idea for a comedian, but... <laughs> I got an idea for a comedian, too. It's like, Nick, the only time you book comedians, you just book that one guy. No, he's the best. He's the best. <laughs> the one time I booked a comedian, I booked the best comedian. There's no point for another one. Yeah, I heard he got some votes in the competition recently. He did. For, for uh, Most Missed Act, or the band that we want, they want to come back. 
I think they went as far as to say the best comic ever. I think so. I believe them. I believe I, I take into account every every single vote. You know, you're all are my constituents. I listen to you. So I only got one person that said you know best comic ever. So it's like well, uh, clearly no other comic got a vote. So yeah, he's the best. <laughs> this is the greatest awards that anyone can ever get bestowed upon them. Yeah. So it is. These carry a lot of weight. <laughs> People put this on their resume. Christian Bale did not get any votes, although he did get, he did get a Golden Globe. He, he did. No, no, uh, no Doom Room votes. <laughs> Sorry, Christian. You're still one of my favorite actors. Although, uh, special counsel investigator Robert Mueller did get a couple votes for favorite uh, scene <laughs> version. Brady, welcome. I see you liking it. I see you. Um... Yeah, for People's Champion, Robert Mueller got six or seven votes. That so. is awesome, as he well should. <laughs> he's going he's going 0-2, though, in terms of years, so he didn't have the best two. I guess he did get some indictments this year, but we're really hoping for that one Grand Slam hit. Yeah, I think he's going to wait until the ninth inning and put it over the wall. Yeah, like just, that'd be cool. That's be pretty funny. You know, it, it just, it, politics aside, like it's been a fun ride. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so it's like whatever's going to come. We're gonna have fun with it. So yeah, whatever happens with like his the end of it, I just want to see like the um, uh, like <laughs> reaction photos from like both sides. 